the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor, and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on AM860, The Answer. We are The Answer. And you can reach us through the website there or through my website, drbillradiomd.com. Click Listen Live, 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time. You can pick me up anywhere in the world. If you've got a computer, you're hooked up to the Internet, and you've either got a microphone or not a microphone, but a speaker or a headset hooked to your computer. We're an iHeart station. And, Joe, we can also be picked up on something else, can't we? I think so, yeah. Okay, uh, so you can actually get us on the radio at AM860. And sometimes the guys will pump it out over some other stations if it's a really important uh, uh, show. So you never know. You never know what's going to sneak up on you. Well, we do have 93.7 if you're in the Dunedin area on the FM dial. And that's an, one of the other places that you can listen to us as well as on the app, which is just on you know any smartphone or device at The Answer Tampa. There you go. Now you've got it all, guys. So you can reach me and the station in a number of ways, and we also archive the shows so that when I say I said that 10 years ago, you can actually go back and find it if you're that diligent. And by the way, I've said a lot of things that have come true. I'm glad to see that finally these jurisdictions, these sheriff's departments are going after these people that are making these violent threats on the Internet and arresting them, and let's lock them up. Take their guns away. That's the way to do it. We have laws on the book. Let's enforce them to stop these mass murders. Well, Mike S., one of the guys in the uh, doctor's lounge, one of the doctors, he's a kidney doctor and nephrologist. He wanted me to spend a minute or two talking about the new class of drugs that have come out for diabetes. So we'll talk about that before we get into some political and social issues. There's a couple of drugs that have come out, Invokana and Farziga. And these are unique in that they make you pee out sugar, glucose in your urine uh, in excess of what we normally would. When the kidneys filter the bloodstream, they take sugar out and then it's pulled back into the system. And these new drugs uh, inhibit the reabsorption of the blood sugar, the glucose, and it's peed out in the urine, and that lowers the blood sugar, which decreases the need for uh, insulin in type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes or the, or the juvenile onset diabetes is where you don't make any insulin at all. Type 2 diabetes, which is more often seen in adults, is where you make insulin, but you're not using it adequately or it's not released in the right proportions. 
So I wanted to throw that out there and let you know that there are a number of new drugs out there, including this class that uh, uh, does get rid of blood sugar through your urine. It's, they're Invokana and Farziga. Of course, everything has potential side effects, but uh, it seems to be a really good class of drugs, and it can lower your need for other diabetic medications, including insulin. There's now a number of classes of medications out there that will uh, influence and lower your blood sugar. There are the uh, incretins, there's uh, the glucagon-like peptides, there's the standard metformin and thioglitazones, uh, alpha-glucoside inhibitors, which slows down the absorption of sugar. Uh, so there's a number of medications, the old-time sulfonylureas like glyburide, glipizide, glimipiride. They're all out there still, and they all have a, a part to play. Metformin is still a big player. But if you want to uh, talk with your physician about alternatives or adding on if you're having trouble controlling your blood sugar and you're a type 2 diabetic, then mention some of these newer drugs to them. I think you'll find it quite helpful. Uh, people want to know, how do I know I have diabetes? Well, the definitive way is to go to the doctor and get tested, and we can test your blood sugar, and there are certain levels that are uh, indicative of diabetes. We can also look at your hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of the uh, amount of sugar that is hooked onto the, <clears throat> the uh, molecule in your red blood cells that carries the hemoglobin around. And the more sugar you have in your system, the more these little sugar molecules hook onto the hemoglobin molecule. So we can measure that, and that's a look back over about four to six weeks. The cutoff is around 6.5. I tell my patients when they hit six, you're getting there, lose weight, more exercise, watch what you do. Major risk factors for type 2 diabetes include age, over 45, weight, family history, if you're Hispanic, Native American, African American, Asian American, or Pacific Islander descent, you are at higher risk than the Caucasian population. But this is all becoming mishmashes. We have more interracial marriages. History of prior glucose intolerance, like uh, impaired glucose when you're fasting, or if you had diabetes when you were pregnant, high blood pressure is a risk factor. Uh, again, diabetic uh, disease in, in, in uh, pregnancy and polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is only seen in women since they have ovaries and we don't. How about that? So there are some risk factors that you need to look at <clears throat> and consider. And I thank Mike for reminding me to say something about this because it is an important topic. Uh, how often should you be checked for diabetes? Well, if you're an adult over 45, I think an annual checkup is good, and this should include a blood sugar. And once you have diabetes, you need to get your hemoglobin A1C checked every three to four months. Uh, you need to be on medication. You need to watch your diet. You need to have an annual eye exam. You need to have the doctor look at your feet and make sure you don't have any ulcers, especially if you're losing feeling in your feet from diabetic neuropathy, which is damage to the nerves in the feet. And so there are a number of things that need to be addressed if you're diabetic and a number of new medications and treatments that are available. So check that out with your doctor and let's jump into something else. I got to tell you, Joe and I were talking before the show about uh, how Trump throws the bait out there and just reels the press and all the liberals in. Uh, 
He did it again on Greenland. Now, I, I, there's another Mike who visits the lunchroom occasionally, and he's retired, retired orthopedist. He's a real PIA, and uh, he has no problems insulting me at a number of levels and has accused me of a number of things, including malingering uh, because of my neck injury, which I, I'm not a malingerer. Actually, most people would not have worked as long and as hard as I have with the injury that I had, but it's just my nature. So the president proposed to uh, the Danes, Denmark, that we purchase uh, Greenland from them. And of course, they called it absurd. This was also floated out in the late 1940s by President Truman. Harry Truman said, I'll tell you what, you give us part of Greenland, we'll give you part of Alaska. And the, the, the part that he actually offered them was, was a part that included Prudhoe Bay. Now, you may recognize that name, Prudhoe Bay, as the site where we hit the largest oil reserves, largest oil strike in United States history, and it's still pumping oil out of there. And you remember all of the big to-do over the Alaskan pipeline in the 60s and 70s? That's exactly what this was about. Well, guess who missed out on that? The Danes would have had the rights to all of that. So they better rethink this. At any rate, they felt, according to the press, that uh, they had been insulted. And so Trump felt that he had been stung by their rejection, that they didn't even want to talk about it. That was the public side of it. The private side of it is that, and and this is uh, right out of the uh, Copenhagen Post, which is the English-speaking Danish newspaper. Copenhagen is the capital of Denmark and their largest city. Uh, I think two-thirds of the population probably lives in that city. A great city. We spent four or five nights there, rode our bicycles all over the place. Uh, Beautiful, uh, hasn't been bombed out during any of the world wars. Uh, A lot of history, a lot of beautiful old buildings and scenery. And, of course, it's uh, right on the North Sea. So you have water, you're just a, 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 a stone throw away from Sweden, from Malmo, which is right across the, the straits there. And uh, you can take the bridge and the tunnel over there. You can actually ride your bicycle over there. It's a little bit of a hike, but that's okay. So at any rate, we spent several nights there. Nice people. And uh, they uh, are very proud. They're the old Vikings. And they have had Greenland for, oh gosh, probably a thousand years. You know, they discovered Greenland or they, the first Europeans to discover Greenland. I'm sure there were Native Americans or or actually Asians who had wandered over there across the Siberian land mass and land bridge and then across Canada and out into the Atlantic. So at any rate, they have had this for a long time. We have been interested in this for a long time. The deal was already cut that we have gotten more rights to mining in Greenland since the president made his announcement that he would be interested in buying Greenland from the Danes. And they've also said, yes, we also want you to increase your military presence here. We have a big Air Force base there called Thule, T-H-U-L-E, and this is going to be expanded, not only for our benefit, but for the benefit of all the NATO members which Denmark is. Denmark is a a member of NATO. And therefore, Greenland is a member of NATO. And Greenland does 
more business with us, I would guess, than just about anybody else, including Denmark. And so you say, well, why are we going there to mine? What's there that's mineable? Guess what's there? There are huge reserves, some of the largest discovered reserves of uranium. And along with uranium comes the rare earth metals, the lanthanides. And you say, well, what are they and why are they so important? These are the uh, rare metals that are necessary to make uh, rechargeable lithium ion batteries, to make computer parts, uh, to make our cell phones work. They're, uh, they're highly valued. Uh, along with lithium, they're, they're rare resources on our planet. And guess who has the largest reserves of these right now? I'll give you three choices. The United States, Canada, China. Guess what? China has the largest known reserves that are being actively mined of these rare earth metals and of lithium, which we all need if we're going to transition into electric cars, as well as continue to use our lithium ion batteries and all of our appliances and our cell phones and all of our computers and all of our different things that we're hauling around that demand electricity that need we need portability for. And so the Chinese are in control of that pretty much worldwide. And the president is right. This is a great threat to world security because the Chinese want to take over. The Chinese, the Communist Party, they see themselves as like the left wing in the United States as the people who can best make decisions for the rest of us. And of course, we'll all live a mediocre life at best while they live like kings and queens, just like Bernie Sanders. And so the president has hit it on the head again. He is spot on. And not only has he not really had a tiff with the Danes, the back door is that he's been negotiating with them to get more American involvement in Greenland. And so now we have been allowed to open up a mining operation there. And guess who also has a mining operation there? There's a company in Australia called, I think it's called the Greenland Mining Operation or the Greenland Mining Consortium. Now, this company is been, has been and is actively mining in Greenland rare earth metals and uranium and other valuable resources. And it also has investors. Now I'm going to give you another question. Who do you think has the largest investment? Canada, the United States, or China in this Australian mining company? The Chinese, they own about 12% of the stock. They have a couple of people on the board of directors from China. So what the heck's going on here? The Chinese are going after all of the natural resources they can get their hands on, especially those that are um, extremely rare, like the rare earth metals, like lithium, like all the things we need for computers, lithium ion batteries, cell phones, portable devices, electronics, systems that run our defenses, guidance systems, all these things require rare earth metals. 
So we need to be very diligent and very supportive of the president and his efforts. And I say this to Mike S., who thinks that he has the inside story on everything and knows what's best for the rest of us. By the way, he's proudest of being a multimillionaire. Meanwhile, he wants socialist and welfare uh, uh, programs for the rest of us because he thinks it's uh, humanitarian. Give me a break. People like this need to be sent back to the communist countries of New York and Massachusetts and locked up there, in my opinion. So at any rate, I say to you guys that if we do not obtain more of a presence in Greenland, that we're going to be outpaced by the Chinese in our own backyard. Greenland is part of the North American continent. And Greenland can use a lot of things that we can offer them that will be a lot cheaper for us to bring to them than it would be for the Chinese or anybody else. And of course, we'll do it with much less strings attached. We're not interested in, in uh, taking democracy away from the people of Greenland, the 56,000 residents there. We want to ensure that they continue to have democracy. And as we can see in Hong Kong, the communist Chinese want to take democracy away from Hong Kong, which they promised Hong Kong when it became uh, uh, back when it came back to China and became a province of China. And now they want to take that away. So investors from the United States and Canada have been watching for signs that Greenland will get a flagging mining program back on track so that. Uh, these vast mineral resources, including uranium and rare earths, can be uh, uh, mined and exploited and utilized for the benefit of all people everywhere. Now, there's been a lot of problems, price slumps, red tape, and different things that have come into play that make it more difficult. But the Chinese, through this Australian company, are already there. So we need to get our feet back on the ground there in a bigger way. And in addition, there's an estimated 50 billion, 50 billion barrels of offshore oil and gas reserves as yet unexploited. Oh, well, I know we're not supposed to use fossil fuels. Which takes me back to diabetes, by the way, because you realize that glucose, sugar is a fossil fuel, basically. It's a long chain or medium chain or short chain carbon, and it burns just like gasoline and oil and coal burn, and we burn it in our bodies. And guess what we give off? Guess what waste product we give off, which is the same thing that is being given off by, uh, by burning fossil fuels. That's carbon dioxide, which is one of the big greenhouse gases that the left is all upset about. So once you outlaw all of the fossil fuels, the next thing are going to be the cows because they burn sugar, glucose, and they release not only uh, carbon dioxide, but also methane, which is another egregious greenhouse gas. And then next will be people, you and me, because we excrete carbon dioxide when we burn sugar. And I don't know about you, Joe, but I make a little methane every now and then too. So <clears throat> we apparently will be outlawed along with everything else. 
that is burning fossil fuel. Who will be left? Will we all go back to the Stone Age and live in caves or what? I'm not sure what. Who who's who's going to take over and do things when we get rid of all of these? Uh, how shall I say? Inventions, uh, discoveries, uh, things that we use to make our lives better and to make the world a better place. And I think that the best way to solve this greenhouse gas problem is to use our technology. And now there are problems arising in Germany. The Germans are finding out that they can't produce enough electricity to meet their needs. They can't even come anywhere close to it with solar panels, because when the sun goes down, there's no energy production, or with wind uh, turbines, because when the wind stops, there's no energy production. And there's only, you know, maybe 1% of the world's energy is produced by solar. Give me a break, if even that. And wind power, I don't know how much is produced, but it's certainly a lot less than 5% worldwide and certainly way less than 1% of the United States production. You want to get rid of fossil fuel, we've got the perfect solution. It's called uranium. U-235, put it in a reactor, use it to boil water, use the steam to turn the turbines, make electricity, the amount of of Uranium-235 you need to run a reactor is so small, it's so easy to contain and to put into a waste site in sealed containers, and it takes up such a small amount of space that it's, it's just ridiculous that we're even arguing over whether or not we should be using this. And you can say, well, nuclear reactors are not the most efficient. Well, they're, they're a heck of a lot more efficient than a solar panel that sits idle for, for at least 12, 14 hours a day when the sun's not up. And if the sun's, if it's cloudy and the sun's not available for the solar panels during the day, you got even more time that is down. So how efficient is a solar panel if it's not even being used three quarters of a day? Well, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, come on, let's get it. Let's get on the stick here. Let's continue to work with the Danes and with the people of Greenland. Let's get the mining operations up and going. Let's utilize our uranium resources and make nuclear reactors. And we can make smaller reactors that will be suited to small cities of 50 to 100,000 people. They're like little jet engines that are driven by the steam produced by a small nuclear reactor that boils water and drives the steam turbine. And then that in turn uh, turns the, the copper coils in a magnetic field, and that's what makes the electrons flow, and that's what gives us electricity. It would be relatively cheap, uh, easy to manufacture, uh, can be widely distributed, uh, be easy to take care of because they're smaller pieces of equipment. The containment fields will be much smaller, so we won't have as many worries about cracks in the concrete of the containment fields, the containment buildings. You can do everything on a much smaller scale, which will make it a much easier thing to do. And just as Bill Gates told us with computers, he said the big, uh, massive, uh, multi-user computer will not be the answer. The answer will be a number of small computers all hooked together. What do we got? 
We've got hundreds of millions of computers in this country all communicating with one another. And guess what? It is the most efficient, fastest running way to transfer information and to do online work that we have been able to develop. It's not the big mainframe computers that are driving things. They've been relegated to things like storing data. Oh boy. So they're big storage bins. Okay, there you go. But it's the small computers, my computer that I'm using now, the computers that Joe's using in the, in the studio, the computers that the broadcasting companies are using around the country, all these little computers that are driving everything. And the same thing is going to be true with energy. We don't need large uh, centralized plants that produce massive amounts of energy and have humongous drops in, 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 in efficiency because of the long distances they have to pump electrons, just like pumping water. It takes energy to move that through the lines. So we can decentralize this. We can have smaller reactors that generate electricity in cities of all sizes. They can be scaled up and down. And they're much safer than any other technology out there. Doesn't matter what the press tells you. They're, they're in, ignorant, uninformed, or dishonest. That nuclear energy is the safest, cleanest way for us to go. It's not going to be solar. It's not going to be wind. And the, uh, the Dutch are having problems with their windmills now. The windmills are coming loose from the bases that they're set on. So now they have to go back and re-engineer how to get everything to hook back up because they've got cracks between the, the windmill shaft and the bases that it sits on. So if you think these are wonderful inventions, windmills, solar panels, and that they're going to replace fossil fuel, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Now, maybe somebody will come along with a highly more efficient way of harvesting solar energy, but I don't see that on the horizon right now. I haven't seen anything in the literature that would point to that. And so we have to come back to the things that we already know work and use those things which are efficient, safe, and non-polluting. And, and it comes back to one thing. It comes back to generating electricity with nuclear reactors. We need electrons. That's what drives our world. That's what electricity is, it's electrons. And so we want to encourage the president, not discourage him. We wanna get behind him and say, you go boy, you do it, that this is what we need. We need you out there going head-to-head -head with the Chinese, and especially in our own backyard. We need you to convince the Danes that we want more involvement in Greenland, whether it's through purchase or through mineral rights or through expanding our military presence there or through helping the people of Greenland develop better infrastructure through roadways or through helping drilling for oil. I'd much rather go the nuclear route and get the uranium out of the ground. I think that's the best way to go. 
But don't you think for one minute that this president is a fool or that he is in any way uh, uh, being confrontational or unnecessarily abrasive? He is one shrewd dude. He knows how to reel them in. And like I told Joe before the show, the press are like giant tuna and he's got the bait and he throws it out there and they hit that bait. And it takes him a little bit to reel them in, but you know what? He reels them in and they're just, I can't believe how dumb they are that they keep falling for the same things over and over and over. But I guess that's what happens, Joe, when you let the inmates run the asylum. Well, I mean, they just, they want to believe it, you know? They want to believe it. Yeah. If you want to believe something hard enough, you'll eventually talk yourself into it, right? That's right. And you know, if you're, if you're insane and you don't know it like manic depressives, they don't know that they're crazy, then you think everybody else is the problem. That's right. Now, there, there are certain mental illnesses that you actually know that there's something wrong with you if you're really depressed and down in the dumps, or if you're schizophrenic, you know that, that you're, you're not right and it's a miserable life and other people aren't like you. But, you know, there are certain mental illnesses, and I think the press has uh, some kind of group mental illness. Like you said, they, they want to believe something that doesn't exist. I mean, come on. I, I mean, I love the idea of Santa Claus, and I wouldn't take that away from kids. But you and I know, Joe, we know Santa's not coming down that chimney. But also, We don't even have a chimney. <laughs> but it's also as if they believe that they can speak it into existence, which is actually a, a, a biblical concept, which would kind of freak them out if they knew that. But they actually believe that if they say it enough times, and if they really believe it hard enough, that it will actually bear itself into a real existence. It it's an amazing thing. Yeah, it will come to pass. And uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know how you get through to these people. My sisters are they, they just they hate Trump so much and they have been so inculcated into the Judeo-Catholic mantra of uh, everybody should have everything and we should all be equal. And, you know, of course, that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's just not human nature. Well, the only way you can make anything equal is if everybody is equally miserable. And equally depressed and equally, um, you know, poverty stricken. But you, you're never going to get everybody to an equal level of prosperity, although the pursuit of that is a, a, a good thing, I would think. And that's kind of what capitalism yeah. is all about. And, and you know, you, you can see this at work in China. And I was just dumbstruck at how far the Chinese have come. I mean, in the 50s, when I was a kid, they were starving to death. They were starving to death. And, uh, you know, they didn't have an infrastructure. They didn't, they had a great military, um, huge military, but they didn't have anything. I mean, they didn't even have the ability to feed themselves. And now you go there and the kids are as tall as Americans and they're all healthy looking. They're wearing nice clothes. They may not live in as big apartments as we do or make the amount of money that we make, but they have basic health care. They've got food. There's tons of cars, albeit little cars, but their cars are getting around. They have rapid transit. They have beautiful bullet trains. They have gorgeous skyscrapers and huge cities. And uh, so, you know, come on. This isn't because the communists said, well, we're going to continue to micromanage the, the economy. It's because they backed out and let private enterprise get in there. Yes, they did put their own people into positions of power in big companies. And if you're a communist, if you've gotten into the party, you're a made man. But nevertheless, 
that little part of it that is free enterprise is transforming this poverty-stricken, backward, third-world country of 1.5 billion people into the second greatest economic power on the earth after us. And it's not because they had more regulations and restrictions and more uh, central economic planning. It's because they have less because they're backing off. And with that, I'm going to back off for a minute and go get a cup of Joe. I'm Dr. Bill, your radio MD. I'll be right back. Find us online at theanswertampa.com. With SRM News, I'm Patrick Foss. The posturing by leaders of the G7 rich democracies began well before they stood together for a summit photo. French President Macron, the host, courted President Trump at the American Leaders Hotel with an impromptu lunch invitation. European Council President Donald Tusk and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson traded barbs over who would go down in history as Mr. No Deal Brexit. A newly formed tropical depression has strengthened into the fourth tropical storm of this year's Atlantic hurricane season. The U.S. National Hurricane Center in Miami says Tropical Storm Dorian is moving west and could reach hurricane strength Tuesday when it nears the central Lesser Antilles. Police say an eight-year-old girl has been killed and three others injured in a shooting near a high school in St. Louis. Hong Kong protesters have cut down a smart lamppost that they feared would facilitate Chinese surveillance in the city's latest anti-government protest. This is Esra News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727 384 Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Nothing is more important than protecting your family and property. That's why you should make a free call right now to Vivint, the number one smart home services provider in the U.S. Vivint will make your home safer and more secure with a state-of-the-art system that's so simple to use. Vivint smart home specialists provide award-winning monitoring of your system 24-7, 365 to respond to any emergency, even when you can't. And with the 4.5-star rated Vivint smart home mobile app, control your entire house from anywhere. 
Locks, cameras, security system, all at your fingertips on your mobile device. Call Vivint now and get a free quote, professional installation, and full smart home service for as little as $2 per day. Equipment purchase or service agreement required. Conditions apply. Call now. A smart home is a safer home. So protect your family and your property, home or business, with a Vivint smart home system. Call 800-311-6855. 800-311-6855. That's 800-311-6855. 800-311-6855. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Periods of cloudy and sunshine with a shower or a thunderstorm around this afternoon. Today's high, 92. Partly cloudy with a shower or a thunderstorm tonight, low 79. Partly sunny with a shower and a heavy thunderstorm tomorrow, high 89. An evening shower or a thunderstorm tomorrow night. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Jonathan Reed for AM860, The Answer. This is Dr. Bill. I'm back, and we're talking about a number of items today. We hit on diabetes and some of the new drugs and talked about the Greenland flap and the president and how he's spot on once again. Oh, by the way, that was uh, Jethro Tull playing a little music in the background there. That was batteries not included. So we were talking about the need for the uh, rare earth metals that are available for mining in Greenland and that the president is well aware of this and that the Chinese are already there with an Australian company. Some of these uh, rare earth metals include terbium, dysprosium, neodymium, and uh, there's a whole group of, of, of uh, rare earths called lanthanides, and this includes also cerium. There's also uh, lithium, which is a very important, as you know, mineral in making rechargeable batteries and that's what we need to run all of our electric appliances that the left wants us to morph over into okay well, let's go to greenland and let's mine it at any rate the the danish prime minister and the president actually met thursday last week and had a great talk and agreed to increase our presence in greenland so you go mr president don't you listen to anything the press says and for mike s who jumped on me in the lunchroom again he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's living in another world, and I could care less what he says or thinks. So here's the next thing that the president got everybody upset about. He said that if you were a Jew and you were a Democrat, then you were being disloyal to Israel. And, of course, this got all of the left-wing loonies up in the air, up in the air and, you know, got their panties in a wad. And, uh, they're all yelling that he's a racist and he's blah, 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 blah. Of course, I don't see anything racial about that. I mean, it's just a it's just a fact that I've been saying for decades. And my father was Jewish and, you know, I argued with my father about this, too. So as the Democratic Party morphs more and more into an anti-Israeli stance and pro-Palestinian stance and says that the Palestinians not only have a right to have their own state, which I'm not going to get into that debate, I could care less, but that Israel has way overstepped its bounds and perhaps they believe like a lot of the Arab countries in the area and the Iranians that Israel shouldn't be a country, it shouldn't exist. You got the most productive, the most 
educated, the most number of PhDs uh, per capita of any country in the world in Israel. And they're our best ally in the area, and they're fighting a war now for, what, 60 years since their inception. They have been at war with one Arab nation or tribe after another. And they've also got these crazy Iranian ayatollahs who would like to destroy them to deal with, and and and, and we're going to back away from them? No, no, we're not. Absolutely not. We're going to increase our ties with Israel, and we must do this. And any Jew who votes Democratic is being disloyal to that mantra. And I don't care what happened in the Republican Party 80 years ago that got so much of the Jewish side of the family upset. I don't care. That's 80 years ago. It's a new era. It's time to move on. There are a lot of Jews that are Republicans. There are a lot of Jews that are conservatives. There are a lot of Catholics that are Republicans and conservatives as well. And I don't think they're in any way being uh, uh, disloyal to the Jewish tribe or to the Catholic tribe. I think that they're using their brain instead of their heart. Yeah, you got to have a heart. You got to care about people, but you also have to put your brain to work. Well, we had an airstrike in Israel against an arm of Iran's Revolutionary Guard in Syria this past week. Uh, the Israelis accused the Syrian Revolutionary uh, Guard's uh, branch of killer drone attacks and showed Tehran that its forces were vulnerable anywhere, that the Israelis can reach them anywhere. So Prime Minister Netanyahu said during a briefing that uh, he had talked with the Ukrainian president, and he told the Ukrainian president that we attacked them and we destroyed some of their targets. The Israeli military said its aircraft struck uh, Iranian K, uh, QUDS Quds Force operatives and Shiite militia, which were preparing, which were preparing to advance attack plans, targeting sites in Israel from within Syria over the last number of days. So the this elite branch of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, the QUDS Quds or Quds, I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, they're in Syria. They're working with Assad, the Syrian prime minister, fighting for the Syrian side of the Syrian civil war against the, the uh, rebels in Syria and against the interest of a number of other countries that are on the other side of the coin from what the Iranians are on. And that the Revolutionary Guard had been preparing, preparing to launch killer drones with explosives at northern Israel. And we're going to back off? No, 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 no. We're going to go in and help even more. And Netanyahu said Iran has no immunity anywhere. That their forces operate in every sector against the Iranian aggression. And this is something that I've been saying for decades 
that self-preservation is the first law. If you don't get that right, the rest of the day is shot. And Netanyahu said, if someone rises up to kill to kill you, you kill him first. Now, if you can contain them without killing them and bottle them up and stop them from doing something to you, that's great. And that's what we should be doing with these uh, mass murders here in the United States. We should identify them, bottle them up. We don't have to kill them if we catch them before they do the dirty deed, but we can certainly lock them up. But if you can't, I mean, if the guy's already standing in the parking lot with an automatic weapon and he's firing and you got a gun, you better pull that gun out and shoot. You may get in trouble, but, you know, at least you'll be alive. <laughs> at least you will have survived the day. And that's the first law. Self-preservation is the first law. If you don't get that right, none of the other laws are applicable. Now, the Syrians said they intercepted hostile targets over Damascus. Uh, but, you know, who knows? You can't believe anything they say. Yeah, I got to tell you that so much of what you and I have here in the United States as technology, as pharmaceuticals, as computer components, as software, as security measures, I mean, just innumerable amounts, uh, uh, MRI scanners, uh, all kinds of things that a lot of the technology for these appliances, devices, software, hardware have come right out of Israel, out of the minds of Israeli researchers, Israeli inventors, uh, Israeli producers, and that we need Israel. Not only we need Israel, the world needs Israel, that they're exporting their discoveries, their devices, their inventions, their pharmaceuticals, everything. They're exporting this to every part of the, of the world and that they are helping in humanity in ways that are unimaginable, unimaginable to the average citizen. We know that Iran and Hezbollah are helping uh, al-Assad in the eight-year Syrian war, civil war. The Russians are also aiding Assad, but they are turning a blind eye to the Israeli airstrikes because they don't want to mix it up with the Israelis. And that Netanyahu and Vladimir Putin, Putin have been uh, in discussions and conversations uh, as sort of a non-aggression pact that we won't attack your targets if you don't help them attack our targets. We won't hurt your people if you don't hurt our people. And remember that the United States, when Trump first came into power, took out the whole Syrian Air Force in one felt swoop and accidentally killed 20 Russian military people who were in the area at the time. And I think Trump regretted that and has been uh, much more circumspect in, in any preemptive strikes against uh, hard targets like military hardware in countries that are hostile to the United States. And, and I think that he showed this when he uh, was unwilling to have a drone strike on Iranian targets after the Iranians shot down one of our drones because he didn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to see anybody die. And, and uh, you know, that, that's, that's his moral bent. 
I think he's basically a pacifist. I think he had would have no problem of wiping out every piece of military hardware that that the Chinese or the Iranians or the North Koreans have as long as no one got hurt. But but I don't I don't think this guy wants to hurt anybody. And uh, that, Mike S., the doctor who gives me a hard time in the lunchroom, who's retired, thank God. Uh, a lot of people did not like him as a physician, by the way. He also said that he thought that the reporter who had challenged Trump on the White House lawn last week and Trump had told him that he was inappropriate and that he wouldn't tolerate that kind of uh, questioning from a news reporter and accusations from a news reporter on the White House lawn. Uh, Mike said, oh, that guy'll probably disappear. And I said, what do you mean disappear? How's he going to disappear? You know, poof, disappear like some of Clinton's enemies disappeared. I said, you mean that it'll be killed? He said, yeah. I said, who's going to kill him? He said, well, you know. Well, I'm, I know he's talking about Trump. I said, are you kidding? <laughs> Where does this come from? Where does this nonsense that Trump is going to kill somebody who disagrees with him? He didn't even want to kill the enemy. The guy's a freaking pacifist. Give me a break. So it it just is it's it's just so fascinating to me how the like Joe said I mean they they believe it so they think it's real they 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 envision something so intensely that they think it becomes a reality are you insane that I mean this is this is what little kids do so at any rate Netanyahu also hinted a possible Israeli involvement in a series of blasts in the past few weeks that have hit weapon depots and bases belonging to paramilitary groups in Iraq, many of them backed by Iran. And you got to remember now that Iraq is mostly Shiite Muslims and that they have a number of paramilitary groups that are sympathetic to Iran and are backed by Iran. And by the way, I would also add that uh, I disagree with the president on leaving Afghanistan. We, we cannot do that. We should not do that. Uh, we have to stay in Iraq, and uh, we have to have a strong presence in the Middle East as well. Yes, we can morph it over into Saudi Arabia, and the Sauds are increasingly picking up the slack. And I agree with the president that he needs to – that we need to get – folks in their own neighborhoods to police their own backyards. That's fine. But we still have to stay until things are a little bit more settled, until the Ayatollahs have been taken out of power in Iran, until the Syrian civil war is over, until ISIS and Al-Qaeda are once and all and once and for all and finally uh, put to rest. So the U.S.-led coalition in Iraq to fight Remnants of the Islamic State have to stay, and we need boots on the ground. And, you know, you've got two countries that border Iran. You've got Iraq and Afghanistan, and we have presence in both countries. And Iran is a sworn enemy of Israel and the United States. You want to pull out? You want to get rid of our bases there? Mr. President, I disagree with you on this. You need to stay there. We need to have a presence. I understand that you don't want to see anybody get killed, especially our own people. But by the same token, sometimes you got to sacrifice a little tissue. 
you got to cut out a little cancer in order that the whole organism will survive. So there is a greater good here. There is a greater good. And we need to uh, think about that before we make any rash movements to pull out of the Middle East. And we also have to remember that backing Israel is the same as having a base in the Middle East that will be preemptive and will prevent terrorism from spreading around the world and coming back home to the United States to sting us once again. We don't want another 9-11. We don't need that. The world doesn't need that. The Russians don't want Islamic fundamentalist terrorism. They've suffered enough. They've lost hundreds and hundreds of people to Islamic terrorists. The Chinese have the same problem. It's a problem all over the world. The Indians have had this problem in Southeast Asia since they were first invaded by the Muslim hordes a thousand years ago. The, I mean, they have been fighting Islamic fundamentalism and the desire of Islam to kill the polytheists because Hindus worship many gods, although actually there's only one god that that they all really recognize. I mean, they all have a God that they call God, but it's all the same thing. And so it doesn't make any sense to to back away from Israel or to back away from our commitments in Afghanistan and in the Middle East. Joe, what do you think? You think we need to stay or go? Well, should I stay or should I go, Joe? Well, you know, I think that, I mean, there's just, and I'm sorry to be so vague here. It's just that there's, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very, I'm sorry, go ahead, doc. It's complex and convoluted. Exactly. So it's difficult to say one way or another, but, and also be respectful for all sides involved. Well, that's true. And, you know, I I do respect the president's uh, uh, pacifist uh, side, and I think it's a a great asset to have. Some of our greatest presidents were pacifists. Abraham Lincoln was a pacifist, and yet he found himself in the largest conflict in our history. Uh, Go figure that one out. But uh, I, I still think that we have to consider the whole and that sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit of the a little part of the whole, a little bit of it, in order to keep the whole healthy. So I think that's important to remember. And I agree with uh, Senator Lindsey Graham that we need to continue to have a presence in Afghanistan as well as in the Middle East. Uh, so uh, that th- that's my take on it, and I'm not going to back down from that unless somebody can show me another way to do this. <clears throat> and I would also like to thank the Danish prime minister, for her willingness to sit down and talk with the president. And they did have productive talks, and they did reach some uh, tentative agreements. And this is a great thing. We need to make sure that the Chinese don't get a hold of Greenland, whether it's by uh, fiat uh, or by mining interest or by uh, uh, going in and offering to put in roads and an infrastructure for the people of Greenland. We can do that. We can do that easily. So let's Let's shake hands with the Danes. Let's back the president. Let's think about all the things that he says and does and how they sound so terrible at first. And then actually they're just bait to reel everybody in and get what he wants. This is a shrewd dude.
And I will say to everybody, I love you guys, and uh, I just really appreciate you being with me on Sundays. Uh, I've got a lot more things coming in the future. Hang in there and be with me. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I'm going to get out of here, Joe. You're on your own, bud. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.